Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back Decode Your Burnout fans. I am Dr. Sharon Grossman and today I have Belinda Ellsworth with me. She has been called a trailblazer in the industry of coaching and speaking. And not only has she built three successful businesses, but over the past 25 years, she's gained a distinct and prestigious reputation as the premier speaker and expert in her industry helping tens of thousands of business professionals and entrepreneurs create and execute successful business strategies and systems while still maintaining the work-life balance in their lives. An international bestseller and professional speaker, Belinda is passionate about making a difference in the lives of the entrepreneurs in her loyal dynamic community. That passion led her to start the popular podcast, Work From Your Happy Place, which was picked up by iHeartRadio in 2021. She loves interviewing other successful entrepreneurs on the podcast, and her iconic messages of good, solid business practices will stay with your audience forever while positively impacting their bottom line. And by the way, I was on Belinda's show, and if you haven't heard it yet, check it out. We talk about how to break out of your burnout. But without further ado, Belinda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's fun to, it's fun to, to get to share this platform with uh, one another and and really um, support one another in this. So, and I was really taken by you on our show, and I thought that you had a lot of really valuable um, information for listeners. So I'm glad to be here. Oh, thank you. Well, I am excited to have you come and tell us uh, a little bit about your story. And what you, you know, we, we kind of mentioned a little of the things that you are doing out in the world, but we're going to tie it back in. So um, take us on a journey. Tell us about what happened for you in your burnout story so that we can really start to get a sense of your world. Um, and as you're saying all this stuff, I'm going to be paying attention to our three contributing factors that we always talk about, which are, again, your <laughs> your programming, your environmental stressors, and your personality. Okay. If, I, if I'm being really honest, I've thought about this. And uh, if I'm going to be really super honest with all the listeners, I'd say that I'm still, I'm still in it. I'm still okay. living in that burnout phase and haven't fully uh, figured it out, but I'm figuring out how to... Um, continue if that makes any sense or 
wait till I do get it fully figured out. So it's been, it's been a really interesting journey is. Which actually I think, uh, believe it or not, has a lot of value because we have a lot of people come on the show and talk about how they've recovered and they're on the other side of it. And here's how, but I think there's a lot of people who find that burnout recovery takes a long time and that it is kind of a struggle sometimes to figure out exactly what it is. And maybe just maybe as a result of us kind of decoding your burnout, maybe you'll have more specific strategies (laughs) to focus on as you leave here. So let's see what happens. All right. That would be amazing. Well, for me, I think in, and I, in preparation of your show and maybe in everything else that I'm going through, maybe that's really forced me to sit down and be really mindful. So I think that that's good for people to have that exercise because otherwise you just sort of go in and out of each day, like getting through the day, right? So I started really thinking about our discussion for this show. But for me, um, I've had a very successful career for 25 years. So to put that into perspective, though, because this is how I'm sort of trying to get myself like through this right now. Um, I had been in sales for 16 years and I sold products and I was very, very good at it. And I was getting burned out on that. Like, you know, just the hustle of selling and meeting quotas and, you know, day in and day out and kind of doing the same thing that I had been doing for 16 years. So I think, but I still loved, I loved sales and I was very good at it. So when you're really good at something, it's hard to say, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, when you know you're really good. And so then um, I just sort of made a decision right then. Well, it was prompted by a few other people that heard me speaking at different conventions and such and said, oh my gosh, you're such a talented speaker. You should be teaching people, not just doing this, but you should be teaching. And I never had really saw myself in that light or thought about it. And it really was, it was like one day it was, I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to completely reinvent myself and I'm going to start a new career. And that was 27 years ago. And it it was very successful and has been. Now, I'm not going to say that I didn't work at it every day because I did. And I got hundreds of no's when I first started reaching out to people to be a speaker. And, um, and I had to prove and validate myself as to why. And But then once I started speaking word of mouth, came out, you know, started happening and people were like, oh my gosh, she is really good. And I learned this and here's what I took away and here's my testimonials. And so all the, those things were helped boost that career. And then we fast forward to 25 years and I still actually really loved what I did, but I was a little bit on uh, coasting. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'd figured it out. Um, that exhilaration of how you just want to stay up every night and just keep working. I had really gotten into a very comfortable, so I wouldn't say I was burned out. I would say that I was very comfortable going with the status quo. I was making good money. I was learning more of a life work-life balance. I believe I was starting to like actually live that. Um, And then COVID happened. Mm. And I already had a successful business. I had at the time seven employees and, um, and in one, it took all, it took all of 10 days. So I had a whole year's worth of a schedule completely built up and ready to go speak, um, which would generate a substantial income. 
you know, we, we were always doing seven figures here. And that was how I was able to have seven employees and maintain everything that we did and the lifestyle we had and the home we have built and everything that goes with that. And it over, it took 10 days for every single booking on my calendar to disappear. And so first I was panicked. Um, and then, I, and I was sad and I was like kind of more panic than sad, but then as time went on, I'm like, okay, I got to work hard. So then I just tried to survive. And I think the burnout today is I've been in survival mode for two solid years we're, we're, we've crossed the two year threshold actually. And I'm tired. I'm just tired. And I also identified in myself that. I'm grieving, like grieving. I don't think that business is ever coming back the way that it was. I think it's one of those things in um, with COVID happening and big events. Um, like, I, I don't know that they'll return fully. And I don't know that I will do it fully the way that I did it. I think I need to, you know, like sort of reimagine it and focus on more smaller workshops probably for companies. And cause that seems to be what's happening, but I don't have figured out. And what I do know is I've, I've worked really, really hard around the clock um, to try to keep myself going and to keep my team going. Cause I'm having a team. We now have four employees. So we did um, downsize and I'm glad I did that. It helped me really find people that we took, on a whiteboard, all the tasks that really needed to be done and found that we could do it with the four. Um, And so it's interesting of some of the good things that have come out of it, but I just, um, there's days where I'm just like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So then I sit and go, but what do I want to do? And it's really just because I'm burned out. And then I realized I I sort of have to reinvent myself. I think the hard thing, because I thought, well, I did it 27 years ago. I think it's a difference in age and where I am in life and what I have today and what I have to maintain and trying to figure out what that look looks like at the same time, still loving what I do. That is the hardest part of all of it is at the end of the day, what else would I go do? Like somebody said to me a couple of days ago, you should sell real estate. You'd be so good. And I'm thinking, yeah, I would be good at that. But that just sounds, that made my stomach hurt. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't really want to sell real estate. And you know what? I'm a really good speaker and I'm a really good motivator and I'm really good at what I do. And I'm just burned out. That's, and I need to fall in love with it again. I need to, and find a different way than the path that I went before. So I, it's like you're at a fork in the road and you have to decide which, which fork, are you, which fork are you taking? Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing this because I know a lot of people went through a similar experience, especially entrepreneurs during COVID, where their business was pretty much wiped out. Mm -hmm. And for certain speakers like you had the exact same experience. And I've heard it over and over again, where, you know, they've had their calendar booked with lots of things that they knew were going to generate revenue for them. And then instantly went from all of this potential revenue to nothing. And it's like, so what do I do now? So I think there's a really important message in what you're sharing about when we hit that wall, what are our options? What do we do? 
right? And you talked about how this happened to you when you were in sales and how you reinvented yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one key piece. I think the other is what you talk about multiple times already is this idea of loving what you do. So now it's interesting because you love what you do, but you're burned out. So, so from the place of burnout, it's hard to tap into the love that you have for it. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like you, it's, I I can't even, um, and we can get into more things like how am I managing through all of this and how did I manage? Because believe it or not, we managed, but I hustled, like I hustled in a way that maybe I haven't in a long, long time. When COVID happened, I took measures immediately to say, okay, what, what am I going to do to survive here? So in survival mode, and they were effective in to the degree of our, our sales at the end of the year were only off by maybe like $200,000. And I know to a lot of people out there, that sounds like a lot, but when you're talking about a million two versus, you know, $997,000, it really wasn't that drastic when you, when we lost really 65% of our income. And so I made up that extra 65 with, with new things. Um, but I worked really, really hard. And I guess I thought, and this is a wrong assumption, I think sometimes for us that, okay, I've worked really, really hard in survival, but that is what I was doing. Like we, and we have carved out some new paths for sure, for sure. So it's kind of hard because I, I tell myself, okay, uh, like I got to be on the show or I'm going to do this. And it's not fake either. It's like, okay, I'm excited. I was excited to be here today. I was excited to share yesterday. I had a great session yesterday and I, and I have a ton of energy. And then I think to myself, okay, I've got this. And then I wake up the next day and I feel kind of zapped of, of energy. Although I woke up today and I was like, okay, I'm excited for the show today. It'll be good. Um, but it's a, it's a struggle and I'm not even going to, um, say that it isn't. And I, I'm working on the things that I have found that have helped me through it. And I'll continue to do those things. But um, yeah, it's not, it's uh, struggles real. So I got a question about that because I, I was having a similar experience and I was just wondering about this. <clears throat> do you find that it makes a difference whether the thing that you're supposed to do is more of like a free thing to maybe promote your work versus something that you're getting paid for. Like if I said, Hey, I've got this gig for you and I'm going to pay you $5,000 to come and speak to an audience. Does that feel less exhausting than let's say coming onto this podcast and talking and not getting paid for that? So here's the interesting part of that. Um, I do, I don't do any less prep and I've actually learned to, you don't get the same energy online like this. And that is kind of a bummer that you do in live and in person. Like you feel the, the energy from the audience, yeah. but I've actually learned pretty darn good in these two years about uh, being online and created a really good space for myself to feel good online um, with my studio and my office. Now, like we completely rigged it out with backdrops and lights and mics and cameras and like, so that it in soundboards, so it would be professional and I could feel um, really good in that space. Um, and so I do. Um, what's difficult 
is knowing the response. So when I would speak in person, for example, I would go and I would immediately get people like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And then we had a back of the table and we had our books and courses and, you know, all of our, our materials and people would flood that back table and they would buy, they would leave and they would buy and we would sell. So, um, like now if I'm getting paid to speak, it's nice to get paid to speak. But like when I'm online and I am doing a free thing, even if I were to do a free thing before in person, which was very rare, but occasionally I did that and I'd still sell a ton in the back of the room. But online, the conversion rate is not the same. Um, people, you don't come, people don't come see you after. You don't even know what they're doing after. Maybe they're only half watching your speech because they're washing dishes or their dog's barking or their kid is calling them and they have to go and they have to take care of something. And then they mean to buy something maybe. Maybe they mean to get the course, but then something happens and they got to go make dinner and there's not that urgency. I think when you're live and in person, everybody sees everybody else in line and they see you there and you're signing things and you're greeting them and you're taking pictures and people are like, I, that's what I want. I, and I really loved what she had to say. And I really think that this is the sad part about online courses. Um, and we've got to figure out a way. How do we, because people would go and watch the speech if fully, they were fully present for sometimes I gave two hour speeches, you know, um, some days I spoke for four hours, we would do two hours and then I have lunch and I would, I would present for another two hours. And I kept people's attention and they were there and they were present and they got the information and they left. And now people will buy a course. Let's say they buy a course that's four hours long. You know, poll people, half the people that buy courses don't even ever listen to them. They don't even listen to them ever. So then not only are they not getting their money's worth, they feel that way. Like I didn't even do anything with that, but that was on them. But for me as a presenter and a trainer and somebody, honestly, I want nothing more than to help people succeed. Like everything I've created is like the fast path to everything I've learned since 18 years old, right? It's like, okay, here's here's what I know and here's what I've learned. And if people aren't going to do it and then they they got to click off of watching your, your presentation and then they don't ever come back to it and then they never buy anything. So that that's the frustrating part for me is, and we've tried everything, like, you know, everything that everybody says, like, oh, you got to have a good this or good that. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's the individual who's not present, not paying attention, um, not buying anything afterwards because they're not present and they're not paying attention. Um, and we're a distracted society. And then that's why also then at the end of the day, when you talk to entrepreneurs and you're doing coaching and you're going, well, have you done this? Have What did you do today? And they're like, yeah, I didn't do that. Like they're, and they're not doing it. So the onus is on them, but it's a reflection on, on you. Do you know what I mean? I like, totally hear you. I totally hear you. So, so getting back to the original question, I think what you're saying is that when people are engaged and they are buying and they are following through and they're doing the work and they're getting the results, then your efforts don't feel as draining Mm-mm. because you're getting this ROI from putting in the work versus yeah. when you come on and you do something, whether you get paid or not. Correct. If nobody's really like taking you up on your offer, 
you just feel like, oh, I just exerted all this energy and I got nothing to show for it. Yeah. So just to give everybody a perspective, and I had high, like I've talked to even some of the best of the best. And they're like, I don't know how you do it. And, um, but like, I would have a 25 to 30% buy rate from the back of the room of, of an audience, which is high. I mean, I, when I talked, I remember talking to Zig Ziglar's team years ago um, and they're like, we're lucky to get 10, 12. Like, how are you doing that? So I had a strong back of the room. Um, If I went and spoke, I knew that we could bank on at the lowest end, like the, our lowest end was about 22% of a room. So say 20 to 30%, we could, we knew that. And there were days where we had 36% of a room. So like we, we knew that and no matter how well I do today, and I think I do a good job and I think um, it's compelling and the same offers are there. We are, I think the highest we've ever done online is 8% of an audience. And it's usually averages more to f- about five. So like it's, then it's, it's, uh, and you don't get the same testimonials. So when people would buy that product, usually about a four month later, I would just get flooded with emails and letters and cards. I mean, I have, I keep them because they make, they make you feel good. I think everybody should keep those testimonial cards because sometimes you have to pull them out and go, yeah, I still, I, I am valuable. Um, but I had baskets and baskets of them because people would say, I did exactly what you said. And, you know, my family was really struggling. And this year we made more money than we've ever made. Thank you so much. Like those. And that makes you want to do continue what you do. Yeah. So there's an energy exchange, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're putting energy in and you're not getting anything back and, you know, money is energy, right? So if you're mm-hmm. not getting that back or you're not getting those words of affirmation, like you're talking about, which is also energy, then it maybe is imbalanced and that's contributing to the burnout. I believe so. I think you're right. Yeah. So, so far you've mentioned, you know, your burnout, like the environmental stressor was really COVID and how everything changed. You had to reinvent yourself and figure out how to be successful online, even though really, You've been doing a lot of live events prior and that it's a different animal. So you really have to now not just do it differently, but you have to figure out what's going to work for the person who's watching you online, who's not really mindful, who's not really present, um, who doesn't convert as easily. Right. And so um, I'm curious, where are you in this discovery process? So yeah, the, the three things kind of that I did, like, you know, um, are, we're going to get to those later. Do you want me to get my three tips later? No, you can. You can okay. So the first thing that I did, and I still highly recommend this to everybody because it made such a huge difference. And I honestly would say it saved my life through all of it. So I knew I, I could almost like it, being sort of a coach. It was like here I was living it and, and I was watching myself up here going, okay, like you don't have time to feel like this. You got to act now. So what are you going to do? And so the first thing I did, which we had just introduced, or we're getting ready to introduce a gratitude journal to some of our other things that we cover, just because I'd had so many really awesome people on my show 
talk about the importance and the scientific research of gratitude and, and all of that. So I immediately got some of those prototypes out that we had here. And I was like, all right, I'm going to write in this every day instead of writing, instead of focusing on what was wrong with my business, which was huge. Like, what is good? What can I, what can I actually do today? What is working today? And what can I put my energy into? And so um, I wrote in that every day. And that's been amazing. Um, the second thing that I'm now having to do, because I had you know, tons of list of things to do. And now I just don't feel like doing a lot of it. And so every day, and this is what I've been telling, I find that I'm not, not alone in this. I've, I'm talking to tons of people, especially in sales, and they just can't even get up and make a phone call. And so it's like, okay, just make three, you know, like just do one task, just do the one thing that is going to move you forward. I even started doing uh, like one mini goal a day instead of having huge, big overarching goals and a, a big plan. It's like, what, what is good today? What's my, what's my win for the day? And if I had one win a day, that was, that was exciting and rewarding. Um, but the, the biggest thing, and this is, this is the interesting piece because I was talking to another um, coach and he said, well, what's your why? Cause I think he thought I wouldn't be able to identify it. And I, I laid it out and he was like, wow, that's a strong why. And, um, and he said, I don't think that is an issue for you, but I do think that it's an issue for a lot of people. The why has to be greater than the struggle. Yeah. If you don't know why you're doing something or you haven't identified it or even visualized it, wrote it out on a vision board, or you have it up somewhere where you can see it, where it stays in your view of this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. If that's not more important than the struggle of getting the business, then you probably won't. I, I do feel my why is pretty strong. He even said that. And so that's what I've been in the last four days, really in preparation of this and in talking with him about that. I've just been going, okay, um, I need to keep doing the three things I'm doing, right? Staying focused on my why, keep focusing on gratitude every day, like where we are. Like it was an interesting thing. I started, I start to get panicked. Um, we just launched a, our new release for pre-sale of a book and it's just doing okay, and so I've been, but I said, I went back and looked at my notes and I said to my publisher, the only thing I hesitate in here that could be the kiss of death is we release this in the summer and that's not smart. And they said, oh, we really don't see a difference in that. Well, that is incorrect. And I knew it and we did it anyway. And so now is it me or is it, you know, like I can't own that. So I, because I, I said, this probably isn't the smartest time to release this. So I, I was feeling like that. And then I went back and looked to where we were in our financials a year ago because I'm starting to get panicked and I'm starting to feel like, so I went back and I looked at those and I'm like, oh, well, we're way further ahead than we were on this exact same date exactly last year. And we're about to launch our new planner comes out in September. So that's when everything will go crazy again. And so um it's all interesting. So I'm having to go back and remind myself, like, you know what it is, things are better than you think they are yeah. in your head. The story you tell yourself is the one you'll believe. 
So if you keep telling yourself the the negative story, you'll believe it. So for me, I had to like, I got to get rid of that story. I got to wipe it out. And I understand this. Like, so I got to wipe it out. So the, the true story is we are doing better than we were this exact same time last year. And twice is better than we were. If you look at the, you know, checkbook two years ago when it was absolutely nothing coming in. Um, and so I'm like, okay, um, that that's reassuring. So that made me feel good. So I, I encourage people to stay grateful for what you have. And if you have to find proof of what you have, go get that proof because it's important. Um, and I'm back to, you know, getting my little sheets out and just focusing on three things or my new thing is I'm going to connect because I still love connecting with people. And I kind of haven't been doing that. I think COVID has been really difficult for a lot of people for isolation. We, we've become very more introverted than we ever were. And as an extrovert, <laughs> that is, is difficult, but you create new habit patterns for yourself. So I'm trying to do the five connections a day, just reach out to five customers, clients, um, you know, networking, inter- new introductions, five people a day. So I'm back on that. Um, and keeping my why front and center. Like, so I'm back. I'm, that's what I'm living right this minute. But I, to be honest with you, I, I did talk to, I have a gal that works for me. She's part coach, part my writer. And I said to her today, I, everybody's always said, told me I should do a TED talk. I've never done it. Let's do one. Let's, uh, let's find out what the necessary things I need to do. Let's move forward with that. So that kind of got me excited. I, I think I need new challenges or because that gets me excited. I hope you've enjoyed part one of my interview with Belinda Ellsworth. She has a lot to share about what it means to be an entrepreneur in the face of COVID and having to reinvent yourself. Next week, we will be talking about some other issues related to that, including the loss that entrepreneurs experience and the importance of being bold in your business. We'll also talk about intuition. And if you are somebody who happens to be a thinker in the morning and a doer at night, then definitely come back because Belinda will be talking about exactly that. But regardless of any of that, if you are a thinker, I'm curious what you thought of the show so far. If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers out there, what are you going to do based on what you've heard today? So far, Belinda has shared a few different tips. And of course, we'll be sharing some resources in the show notes. Regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone that you know who is struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to decode your burnout, go to decodeyourburnout.com. I'll see you right back here next week for part two of this interview.